Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Tackling Tacos, a fishing podcast. This is episode number 45. Pretty exciting. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like we're kind of on repeat because every week we say <laughs> something about like the number and being excited about it. But I am excited. Uh, 45 yeah, no episodes. Doubt. And I think um, if people listening to this are anything like I was, you would think that recording a podcast is really simple just like hit record start talking but it's not always easy editing it's not always easy trying to come up with like fresh material whatever um has this been easier or harder than you thought it would be nate honestly it's been much uh more work than i anticipated and i don't even i don't even do the work like you're the you're the man behind the uh you know all the all the work and everything we just uh we just show up and talk uh and like i said it's been it's been more work than i anticipated so yeah well first off that's uh, not entirely true secondly if anybody knew the amount of like changing i did on this episode to nate because like lola (laughs) isn't on this one which sucks i hate not having her on here um but uh gus has just been a crazy man lately like during the day he's totally normal totally sweet and cute and whatever but then when it comes to putting him down for bed he's just been like full-blown like no like not saying no but just bucking it at every turn he possibly can so um she's not on this one which really sucks and i'm here in madison uh for work but i actually brought my microphone and soundboard this time because the last one i did for madison when we had the homie trey on um that the real 
genius. Uh, the yeah. audio was so awful. I'm like, I cannot do that again. <laughs> so I brought this whole shebang down. But anyway, trying to get this thing scheduled with Nate, I rescheduled with him on just one podcast for just he and I together. I changed the day around probably 14 times like it was going to be Friday then it was going to be Saturday then it was going to be Sunday morning then it was going to be Sunday afternoon then it was going to be today Monday and so it was just like all over and Nate's been like yeah man that's cool so as much as maybe I do work I also drive him crazy and he's cool with it so I'm just like I said I'm just here for the ride and uh, I'm enjoying <laughs> it every every bit of the way but uh like yeah. I said episode 45 uh, and you think about it, what, 52 weeks in a year. So, I mean, right. we're approaching like, a, you know, a solid year of, of recording these and getting them out. Yeah. So uh, something to be proud of for sure. Yeah, dude, for sure. And so tonight is, you might think if you, if you're looking at the title for this, like it's the 2024 Bassmaster Classic. If you know about the classic, then you know that as this releases in podcast land, it's almost exactly one month away. And so you might be like, why are you recording a classic episode so far out in advance and putting it out so far in advance? Um, I think it's just because uh, everybody does this. Like everybody, every like fishing yeah. podcast, at least every bass fishing podcast does like a classic thing. And so we're just going to go first. And so maybe our predictions will be way <laughs> off in left field. And like you'll listen to like experts like uh, Hella Bass or Bass Talk Live or whatever, and they'll be far more accurate. But we're just jumping in with our knowledge of of the elite series and bass fishing or whatever and Nate and I have not uh have not talked this over beforehand so if in our predictions we overlap each other or we double up on the name or something that's just by chance that's just because that's who we think so we're doing like three things uh, once we get to the Bassmaster classic stuff uh we're doing uh who we think will win that's one pick, like who we honestly think is going to win it. Number two is who we want to win, and that's no diss to anybody, just like people who we either like or we think, you know, if they fished a different way, it could be pretty rad. And then number three is like a dark horse pick. So either somebody like way in left field that like nobody thinks is going to win or um, maybe it's just sort of like wishful thinking or I don't know, whatever, but the third one. So who we think will win, who we want to win, and uh, just kind of – no real chance probably to most people a dark horse pick once we get there but we're not there yet yeah we might uh I, we might want to call this like uh how college football does like the way too early rankings this is like the the yeah. way too early predictions of, right. yeah. of who's gonna win the classic so uh yeah i'm uh i'm stoked for it uh but uh of course before we get into it gotta gotta thank the sponsors uh, yeah. of course what guys uh guys over at working class thank you yeah. Um, let us be a part of the network, uh, yep. Tech and, uh, hook and arrow supply, all the stuff they do for us. Uh, of course, Grizzly, uh, coolers and Kenai yeah. and, uh, and waypoint TV where, where all of our, uh, podcast stuff is found, uh, of course, with all the other, uh, podcast platforms. So yep. I'm, uh, I'm stoked and, and a potential new sponsor, right? Oh, it's Coming not potential. Up, it's there. Yeah, it's there. Right. We, just, okay. we, just, we just can't announce the, we can't right. announce the, uh, I don't know the juice of it yet, but it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's there. So that's exciting. That's awesome. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that when we can, but, um, uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes here, um, uh, make sure you are following us on all the socials, which for us is really just like two of them, Instagram and Facebook. Um, we know that there's like TikTok and snappy chatters and all that other stuff, but like we're all old and I'm the oldest. And so like Facebook and Instagram is good. We do post on there pretty regularly. 
excuse me. And we just had like a goofy little makeshift contest where I posted a uh, picture of a fish and then like blurred out the weight on the scale, had people guess. And then the two people who got closest were sending them three Giltec jigs each. So make sure you follow us. We actually part of our new sponsorship, which again, we can't fully disseminate the details, um, but it's a pretty big sponsorship. Like the company's pretty big. And one of the things they said was they wanted us to give away some of their product as part of like a, podcast social media thing whatever so make sure you're following us on there it's just at tackle and tacos for for all that stuff um, be sure to check out our website tackle and tacos.com i'm actually pretty surprised um uh pretty surprised how many downloads we get of our podcast via our website i would think most people would listen on spotify or apple or whatever and yeah, for sure when you check the numbers, there's like a, not a huge chunk, but I, I think like 50 or 60 people every week who only listen through our website. Cause you know, the podcast players on there too. So right. and then there's a store and all that. And then of course, uh, the year turbs, as I always say, which in case nobody knows what I'm saying, I'm just an old man and I'm just saying YouTube, uh, on YouTube. Um, most of our podcasts, not this one, cause it's just me and Nate. It's not a guest and there's no real, like, you know, like last week with Brown Bait Co., like that was a very visual episode as he's showing baits and he's showing yeah. um, how to work them and how they look and whatever. This is just us talking. So this is just an audio one, uh, but um, make sure to follow us on YouTube. Again, Tackle and Tacos. And speaking of YouTube, there is a professional bass angler uh, who has been on the year turbs forever. Like he's forever. been, yeah, he's, he's been putting out high quality content forever. And like every, I don't know, every year, maybe multiple times a year, you see these anglers who are now coming out with their own video stuff. And I would say this dude was doing it before Polinick yeah, even, right? Cause yeah, Polinick, probably. Yeah. I think he yeah, was Brandon Polinick sort of been the standard of like just high quality content, putting it out consistently. He's good on camera. And this fella has been doing it longer, I think. And for whatever reason, absolutely zero diss. No, like, I don't like that guy. Nothing like that. I ne I just never really, I don't know. I never really watched his videos. And then he just won uh, the Bassmaster Open down on Okeechobee. And so, of course, I'm speaking about Scott Martin, uh, the legend, Roland Martin's boy. And uh, shout out. Shout out Scott Martin. Yeah. Oh, point, point, point. Martin for sure. Yeah. Uh, our homie, Mark LaFont. Um, shout out Mark LaFont. Point, point, point. Shout out. Um, I think I'm pretty sure I said think funny. I think uh, Scott Martin is Mark's favorite angler. And so I watched the video of Scott putting an absolute florida beat down on these other anglers what did he win it by 28 pounds or something is that something, right yeah something crazy like that yeah it wasn't it wasn't even close some nonsense number yeah um and i want to say a couple of things about that number one congrats dude uh it, people sometimes talk about fishing a derby on your home lake as if it's like it's in the bag. Like they got this. Like yes. They're going to win. It's their home. That's almost harder sometimes because you're fishing either off past experience or just the sheer amount of pressure. Like, oh, he'll win it. It's his lake, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, there's a whole bunch of factors into it that make it almost harder. And then this tournament, did you, the, the footage, there's 80 dudes in the same spot that Scott Martin is fishing. Yes. And they're like yeah. from me to like my hotel bed away, like five, six, 10 feet away. 
like bow to bow all over the place. And this dude just whacks them. Did you watch this video, Nate? Like, like the, yeah. the opens winning video? I did. Yeah. I watched, uh, I think it's, uh, like a three part video, uh, deal that he put out like a practice video. Then, yeah. uh, uh, day one and two and then the final day. But yeah, I watched I watched all three of them. Uh, and like you said, it was incredible. The, the the fish catches that he had. And like you said, the fish fish catches fish catches fish, that he fish. had around all those other angles. Oh my gosh. Like, it's insane. Like that was that, that was looks horrible. That's like the Absolutely. least like, oh I would like fishing community holes is one thing, but this is like yeah. And he, just, I think he kind of, he kind of talks about it. Everywhere. He kind of talks about it a little bit uh, towards the end of the final video, mm-hmm. like, uh, like the area that he was fishing, everybody was catching fish. And he, you know, he said, he said people were catching fish left and right. And he was seeing them catch fish yeah. constantly. But yeah. the difference was uh, they were, he said the difference was they all had spinning rods in their hand and mm. he, he had a flipping stick and braid and, uh, you know, and a, and a big creature bait. And he yeah. was just dobbing around, you know, I think he said he got, you know, 10 or 15 bites a day, but they were big, small big fish. Yeah. yeah. It was ridiculous. And so I'll say this after watching this video, uh, and I think you have some insight on this too, like how, he kind of used to be in his old videos, but after watching this video without a ton of exposure, like obviously if you bass fish, if you tournament bass fish, if you care about pro bass fishing, you know who Scott Martin is. I mean, you just do. So obviously I knew who he was, but I just never super paid attention. Um, after watching this video, I will openly say I'm a fan, not just because of his fishing, although it was really good. Like he was such a normal dude throughout the whole video uh and i think the way that he interacted with his co-anglers like didn't condescend to him was kind with him was like i don't know conversational yeah. like he was like normal Absolutely. like a normal human being yeah. I, I i just give me some insight on that nate i've never fished an open but you have yeah yeah so i've fished i fished a good handful of, of opens as a co-angler and that was one of the biggest takeaways i i got from from his video uh, I guess all, th- I guess all three videos, but primarily the first and second ones when he had a co-angler um, were his interactions with his co-anglers and how he, uh, how he treated them or, or spoke with them as if they were, you know, on his level, they were the yeah. same, you know, the same as him. They were, you know, just two dudes fishing in a boat and, yep. and enjoying the day and, uh, you know, fishing opens and being a co-angler, not all interactions are like that. I've had a couple myself that weren't, uh, that, that weren't the greatest, not that, yeah. you know, they were anything wrong or, or anything bad happened. They just weren't, you know, they weren't as enjoyable as obviously these, these interactions that we saw in the video and, uh, yeah. you know, hats off to, to Scott Martin for being, for being that guy. Um, I've, I've kind of, I've, I've watched a lot of his videos and, and a ton of them really over the years. Um, just because, you know, I'm a fishing junkie and, you know, always on right. YouTube trying to learn, trying to learn. And he, and he's always putting out great content and, yeah. uh, yeah, it's good that, quality the, production too. For, yeah, absolutely. Shot um, edited really well. Yeah. The difference, uh, in these three videos was, you know, he was, it seemed like he was much more himself and, and down to earth and he just yeah. enjoyed every minute of being on the lake, uh, you know, fishing in his backyard, which it was, it was awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, hats he was like off, a normal dude. He wasn't. He didn't. I mean, you said like he used to be, and again, I can't attest to that because I didn't really. Watch yeah, it. yeah. It is a really common thing with like YouTube anglers to be like, "Yo, smash that subscribe button, bro, and like and comment down below if you think that fish are found in water." Or like just the stupidest yeah. things to like force engagement. I hate that crap, dude. Um, and he wasn't yeah. like that at all. Like at no, all. No, yeah. There's yeah. There's definitely been a lot of times where he's he's really you know done that kind of over the top sort of YouTuber role and played that vibe. part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it it this video wasn't like that. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously he, you know, I it, one point one point of the video I thought was awesome. Mm. Uh, he he mentioned, hey, if you don't like Guggen Squad or or Guggen Bates or whatever, that's fine. Which I'm like, whoa, that's you know, people yeah. who own companies and are sponsored, yeah. they don't really yeah. say that. Like, if you don't like this stuff, that's perfectly fine. But right. you need to go, you need to go buy this bait. Uh, and referring to the bandito bug that he, yeah. uh, you know, knocked their lights out with. Um, right. So honestly, after after that, not just the video, but that comment and the way he, you know, spoke about him, I might, I might go pick up a couple. I don't, yeah, I don't own a single Guggen bait uh, at all. Um, and I might, I might go grab a, a bandito bug or two. Yeah. Well, if anybody doesn't know this about Nate, uh, he hates that. What does, I don't know if he hates, maybe you do. Uh, he maybe. hates that I use a certain Japanese bait, uh, that he thinks is terrible. The G crack bellows gill. I think they're dope. I've liked them for, I mean, I've been out, I've been on those for, four or five years probably um probably five plus yeah yeah like for quite a while and uh we used to always have this conversation if we're in a derby together nate and you're not catching anything and i'm knocking their heads in with the g crack bellows gill will you switch you know so now it's like (laughs) shut up now it's like if you know they're getting their heads knocked in with this bandito bug but the other thing about the bandito bug that i found interesting was the crap he was rubbing on the baits in the video yes it was a scent thing but it looked different it looked like a thick kind of jelly type paste deal and it was a really bright blue or kind of greeny color and then uh and i don't know you know what i'm saying i don't know does that really make a giant difference or not but you also told me nate before this that there was something unique about that stuff yeah so apparently like i i saw him using it and a couple points in the video i even paused it and like zoomed in i'm like trying to figure out what this is because it, it was in a bag that i, you know, I didn't recognize I videos i press pause and z- try and zoom in on the computer exactly the yeah <laughs> yeah so i'm like i'm trying to figure out what you know what this deal is that he's using and apparently it's a product called bait pop and it is a like a carmex type tube yeah. uh yeah, it does uh, look like that Carmex tube. Yeah, yeah. that Carmex kind of tube, mm-hmm, and like the, uh, it, kind of flat bottom. Exactly. Yep, and it's it's not only scented, but it's colored. Uh, and then on top of that, there's something in it that enhances the return of forward-facing sonar. So, so um, crazy. It's, yeah, it's pretty wild. It seems like a like a pretty cool product. And I don't know if it was editing magic or what, but there was a few times in the videos uh, where he would rub it down, and it you looked like it. he won. 
that looked like mm-hmm. he he rubbed it down, walked to the front of the boat, and flipped out there and caught one. You know, just just that fast. So yeah, and he like wasn't said, in deep I, water. He he was throwing no, the, yeah, he was yeah. throwing the panoptics, the live scope on perspective mode, and so that's a wider like left to right beam, but it's a very shallower beam, like top to bottom for shallow water fishing, yes. and you could see it flopping, uh, dropping in the in the live scope there, um, which isn't yeah. always the easiest thing in that mode. So maybe you know maybe it works. I don't know. Yeah, it might be something to it for sure. It's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, I agree, man. Um, yeah, so again, congrats to Scott Martin. Uh, appreciate you, man. Thanks for for taking us along on the on the ride. And some of those fish were just nonsense. And pretty freaking dope that, you know, the whole thing was one on his home water launching. Were, were they launching or weighing in launching at his dad's out, marina? Yeah, 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 out of Roland Martin marina. marina. You talk, you want to talk about pressure. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I know some dudes who have been like, oh, I'm sick. Like, I <laughs> just to avoid the potential of like dude i don't know yeah uh, and he goes and just knocks so yeah congrats to that dude yeah that's uh too cool you know family there mother father all yeah. that you know whole family life really really dope yep yeah really really dope um but uh let's uh let's talk tacos let's you, talk you done some any tacos? tacos i mean you posted some yeah uh, that looked that looked pretty legit uh, dude just, i'm just uh, what it's funny Today? to me, like, um, oh, I think it was a couple days ago, uh, okay. and our homie, uh, Brendan Brown was like, now those look good. He like commented yeah, yeah. back on social about <laughs> it. Uh, it's funny to me, like sometimes when I think of cooking, I think of like a headache or a lot of work or complicated. And with tacos, it's not always like that. So all I did was made some, uh, some breakfast tacos. And I think I've shared this on this podcast before. Uh, but the general idea for, for breakfast tacos is people usually scramble the egg to put in the taco. And I didn't see anybody else do it. I'm quite certain people have, but I just started when I'm doing breakfast tacos, I just over easy pan fry them like, like a fried egg over easy because, when you bite into a breakfast taco and that yolk goes all over, like within the shell, it is so dope. So I made those um, tortilla land cook on the skillet taco shell. Uh, oh my gosh. Lola's going to kill me. Uh, tortillas, <laughs> not, not shells. Don't say shells. You just prove your whiteness when you say that. Um, but as she says, like tortillas, like she says it all cool in Puerto Rican. All right. Um, but uh, a quick a quick hack for anybody who has tried the tortilla land tacos, uh, the ones you cook on the skillet, because the only ones I can ever find are the big giant, like burrito sized things. Uh, I just take like a cereal bowl and put it over the entire stack when I get them, and I cut it out with a knife, so then they're like way smaller, and it works yeah, great. Yeah. So anyway, so I pan fried up some of those uh, tortillas, and then uh, bacon. Um, Canadian bacon, which is just the Canadians pretending like they made something unique, which I just call ham here in America. Right. Um, no disrespect to Gussie or the Johnstons or any of the homies, but I ain't, that ain't no <laughs> thing. That's just ham. That's just ham. Uh, and then, uh, what else did I put in there? Um, some, some salsa. I was going to put cilantro and I forgot. And then I used some, some kinders, uh, chipotle lime sauce, like in a little zigzag pattern. And like, dude, oh, and, uh, and, uh, hash brown, like a, like a, like a, mcdonald's shaped hash brown like right yeah in the oven and then cut it in half put that in there boom yeah that's uh yeah adding that hash brown to the taco is a game changer i haven't done i have not done the uh the fried egg in quite a while so uh, i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to get back to that honestly i haven't i haven't cooked tacos in a a little bit since sorry to hear that yeah maybe it might have it's probably been a little over a week which is a bit of a stretch for me so uh yeah, I, need to, better, I need to get to cooking but we did we did we up. did go to we did go to a little mexican spot downtown okay. down port here oh, uh, was it? 
off. It's it's fantastic. Okay. Honestly, yeah, honestly, I I've gotten so addicted to their enchiladas mm. that I struggle to order anything else. Luckily, the yeah. wife it always gets steak tacos, so you know <laughs> yeah. that that gives me at least yeah, one of steak those. Steak tacos but, uh, are the best, dude. They, oh yeah, they're 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 amazing. But the little spot's called uh, I, I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's like Abarito Carrillos or something like that. It's okay. down on Third Street in Davenport. Yeah. Abarito Carrillos. Yeah, it's it's so good. Their their enchiladas. Is it an actual like, storefront or is it like a food truck or what is it? No, yeah, it's a storefront and it's okay. actually like half grocery store, half restaurant. Oh, those are the best. Yeah. Yes, it's 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 really it's really yeah, good. The but the enchiladas, uh, I get them with flour or yeah, I get them with flour shells, and they're like big fluffy flour shells. They're nice. so good. Yeah, um, yeah. Ground ground beef with the red sauce, you know, yep. all cooked in and on top, and then uh, I don't know what they they do like a sautéed like potato and carrots, and I don't even potato get and down carrots. With that. Yeah, yeah, I don't even get weird. down with that stuff. Especially the potato makes sense with the carrots. That's weird, but yeah. They put them on top of the enchiladas. Oh, and then wow. You just put some hot sauce on them and just, oh, my, they're so good. Huh. Like, so good. Well, I was I, almost I, crucified I like on our social when I talked about putting radishes on steak tacos, like thinly sliced radishes. Yeah, as yeah. A garnish. People were ready right. to just uh, like kill the people like, dude, this <laughs> man has lost all credibility. He knows nothing about tacos. But yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, carrots. I mean, it sounds weird, but it could be dope. Yeah, they're little, little cubed up sauteed yeah. uh, okay. potatoes and carrots. They're they're so good. So that's yeah. been uh, that's been my my taco kick as of late. So that's dope. Okay. Yeah. Also, Nate, when are we gonna get a video out of you like doing like a tackle unboxing, tackle something? Um, I mean, seems how this video is not really this podcast isn't video. I've got yeah. Yeah, bags bag of stuff uh, that I just yeah. picked up, and I've got some. Uh, just some do a video. Just do a video. Just talking gonna, to a I'm camera, gonna, saying like, "I got these, and I got these, and I got that." People like that crap. I don't know it, why. I'm gonna put it out. I'm down because I got you know I got some incredible baits. Oh from, yeah, uh, from got some horseshoe. horseshoe. Yeah, is an absolute professor. I mean, he should oh, put on God. classes on how to paint. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's incredible, and it's I crazy got, too. Like some. after we podcasted with AJ, shout out AJ Horseshoe Tackle, um, for look sure. Him up, shout Horseshoe out. Tackle got a, just the dopest stuff. Um, after we podcasted with him, um, and again, you and I have been buying from him for years, years. Uh, we've had I don't know how many other eight. Uh, Trey knew about him. Brandon mm-hmm. Brown knew not just knew about him, but like nothing but positive things to say about him. Yes. Um, yeah, the dude's a the dude is a master of his craft. But we got to get a video out of you because I have a whole. Usually this time of year, my um, my boat, you know, in northern Wisconsin, uh, my legend turns into an expensive like you know junk table where I just stack stuff on it. Um, but this yeah, year, I posted it's actually, the picture of mine. My yeah, I feel know, like that's normal. It's always sucks. like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this year, I've been really anal about keeping stuff off of it, except for <clears throat> new tackle. And so I have all this stuff all over it. I got a whole bunch of um, Great Lakes finesse stuff on there. Um, the Spro KGB Chad Chad. Yeah, I mean, people, people, I think people who people know, I mean, their stuff yeah, is just know. next level. Yeah. Their finesse stuff is absolutely next level. Um, I did get a Bronco bug pack of Rapala Crush City, which I kind of feel like weird about because it's just an absolute knockoff of the OSP do live beaver. Um, but at the same time, it's like yeah. everything kind of emulates other things. But that one's pretty. If 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 you're if you've not heard of the the Rapala um, soft plastic lines called Crush City, and I'm not dissing Jacob Wheeler or anybody. 
anybody else. I'm only saying his name because it says on the package is designed by Jacob Wheeler. Um, yes. But if you don't know about this, Google the Rapala Bronco bug, then Google image search the OSP do live D O L I V E beaver. It's, I mean, it's, it's great. I, I mean, it's the same bait, but yeah. um, anyway, but, but I love the action of the do live beaver. It's like a, it's a weird, like thumping hard swimming action. Um, and if you don't know crayfish, when they swim backwards, they do this hard thump. And sometimes it makes like a, like a hard clicking sound. And so I got yeah. some of those, I got some mega bass, uh, flat sided, like the Sonic side crankbaits. And I got a whole bunch of stuff I could walk through. So you should, you should make one. Cause I don't want to make two of them on our year turbs, but that, that video on your turb got like 500 views so far, which for us is that's a bunch. Big. That's, yeah. yeah, that's yeah big for big. us and our, <laughs> and our amateurness, that that's a lot. So, um, all right. So this episode, uh, is brought to you by, the Bassmaster Classic. It's not brought to you by that, but we're just going to talk about it. So, uh, the 2024 Classic, and I think one of we were talking earlier about doing a podcast and how much work it is, and it is. Um, I think by far, Nate, my favorite thing about podcasting this far into our little tackle and tacos career, and that's not to downplay tackle and tacos. I just mean we haven't been doing it that long, and 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 I think in 2024 when everybody seems to have a podcast about everything the mm -hmm. way that you grow your podcast is just to stick with it for long enough um, because so many podcasts will put out two episodes 10 episodes 20 episodes and that's it uh, so yeah. we just got to keep on going but anywho uh, one of my favorite things about doing this thus far is some of the relationships that we've made like the friendships we made you know the fact that we can talk to Polinick and we can text about football with chad pipkins and we can bounce ideas off of um austin howard in colorado about building rods and why does this length of rod with this action work better for a jerk bait than that one or um, yeah, talking yeah. to stinky pants and <clears throat> and just having such awesome conversation and then lola gives like the funny idea for their little stank bag thing um and then he sends us one you know, when yeah. the new, like that's so rad. I it love that awesome. kind of stuff. And so we're getting yeah. ready to have a 2024 Bassmaster Classic um, predictions and not even just predictions, but I wanted to talk in this episode about the classic in general. You know, why is it called the Super Bowl of bass fishing? Um, I wanted to talk about uh, Grand Lake, where they're having it this year in Oklahoma, kind of give a little bit of background info on that lake, the size, all that kind of stuff, and then make our predictions. And as I'm doing that, I'm like, man, I wish I had some like little known facts about the classic that I could share. And then it was like Despicable Me grew where he's like light bulb. Right. Big light um, bulb, yeah. Big light bulb. I'm like, I know. We've made some relationships with some cool people. Ken Duke knows everything about bass fishing that's ever been done. Period. Every and that may day. not that may not <laughs> even be that may not even be speaking in superlative. That might not even be like yeah. over the top. That might just be a fact. Am I wrong? No, not at all. I think it's it's funny, like because you say that, and then I think like to myself, like you know that that common like phrase or whatever like he's forgotten more than we'll ever know oh yeah but he but he hasn't forgotten it because he right like, it's, it's true yeah, he knows ev exactly he knows every single thing like he hasn't forgotten the lick so uh he no yeah he's he's the man for sure yeah. so. have you um nate have you watched any of his new thing bass after dark on youtube oh yeah 
Yes, absolutely. Bass after so dark good. is it is so good. Yeah, it's he cracks an, me up with the with the yeah. suit and like he the library full blown deal. Like, yeah. deal, and he's like drinking like scotch and like a library. Yeah. And like again, if you don't know who Ken Duke is, he's been labeled by other people. Um, I would say it's a toss up between him and his partner in crime, Terry Battisti. Um, mm-hmm. but he's been labeled as like the bass fishing historian. Because yes. he just he he lives, breathes, eats, sleeps this stuff. Uh, he is a fisherman himself, of course, um, but he also just he knows everything about it, from baits to tournaments to boats to when one thing started versus when this record was broken. Here, he has a podcast called the Big Bass Podcast, which is exactly what it sounds like, where they talk about record fish and um, baits and whatever. Um, but if you've not looked up on YouTube, Bass After Dark bass after dark you have to it is so freaking good uh it's intelligent it's written super well it's really really funny it's really um i don't know what not, not necessarily controversial but like engaging like he had an episode yeah. with ben milliken and um randy Blockett on the same episode and they like yeah. i don't think it's a super stretch to say that they don't really like each other um yeah, one is sure. super um new school ben milliken like ben milliken i wouldn't even say ben milliken is a freak about forward facing sonar he's just really good with it um because yeah. i read in a bassmaster magazine recently they asked him where they do that pros thing like denny's or waffle house like by right. or like el salto uh wacky rig or drop shot whatever and one of the questions was forward facing or side imaging and he picked side imaging so like whatever, but he believes in it. And then Randy Blockett hates it. And so Ken Duke was able on Bass After Dark to get these two dudes in the same room, not literally, but you know, room, um, air quotes, uh, to talk to each other. So man, make sure you check out Bass After Dark. If you like bass fishing, if you like good conversation, funny, but well-written stuff, it's really dope. So I, I reached out to Ken and I said, Hey, we're having a classic episode. Is there any way you could give me some little known facts about the classic that I could share? And I, it was like five minutes later, like this super well-written email. So I'm not even going to try and pretend that these are from my brain. Um, these are all Ken. So um, Nate, hit us with number one. Let's go back and forth and read, read off some of the stuff that Ken shared. Yeah, so the first one is uh, in reference to the uh, length of the Classic, which is three-day tournament. So yep. the Classic hasn't always been Friday through Sunday, which it is now. Uh, it was it was Wednesday through Friday from when the classic originated in 1971 to 1980. And then they transitioned from Thursday to Saturday, uh, 81 to 2002 uh, and then made the change in 2003 to, to the way it is now, Friday to Sunday. So um, that's the way we see it. And, you know, as long as I can remember, uh, it's been that way, obviously. You know, starting in 2003, I think I probably started following the classic around 2005 or six. I want to yeah. say like, like really like, uh, you know, regularly. So that's, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and that's just just to start off the, the, you know, the kind of facts that that, you know, Ken gave us like that's, yeah. you know, that's pretty cool. And uh, to go all the way back to 1971 um, to, to today, you know, I guess, you know, coming up 2024 so. Yeah, which dimes the dollars. He did that. He did that from memory. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. That wasn't looked up. That was just something he knows. But but it's a cool thought. Like like I think I probably started following the classic and 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 bass fishing tournaments probably around oh three to oh five somewhere in there. So to me, it's just always been 
Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, yep. but it's kind of cool to see that it hasn't always been. Just like in football, if you're just joining football now, you're like, yeah, 17 games. You didn't know it used to be 16 games. And before that, it was like 14 games. So things do change over time. Number two fact about the classic, only four states, four total ever of the 50, only four states have never sent a resident to the Bassmaster Classic. And those are Alaska. Uh, oh, no, three. I'm sorry. Three states. Yeah. Three states have never sent of 50. So 47 different states have sent somebody to the Bassmaster Classic. Only three haven't. Alaska, North Dakota, and Wyoming. That's cool. pretty That's pretty wild, yeah. That's, yeah the that's, Alaska that's one makes sense. Dope. The other two I'm kind of surprised by. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, Yeah, the Alaska one does for sure. Uh, th- th- there's some good fishing in North Dakota. Um, yep. I don't know so much about Wyoming, but, uh, you know, Brain Apollonics from Idaho, and you know that's you know kind of that region is yeah, yeah exactly. Sure. So uh, yeah, so that's those are those are pretty cool facts. Um, this next one I think is is really cool. I don't really yeah. know how to pronounce the uh, name. What is it? Hemp Hempel or I yeah, was going to say spelled hemp. like Hemp Hill, hemp. but I'm pretty sure it's Hempel. Yeah. Okay. Hemp Hempel, Texas uh, is a town that has sent the most Bassmaster Classic qualifiers. Um, so all of these anglers I'm about to mention have all resided in this town in Texas, uh, when they were, uh, you know, qualified for the Bassmaster Classic and it's nine different anglers. Uh, looks like a father son combo of Bo, uh, Dowden, uh, and yeah, Bo yeah, Dowden Bo, Jr. Bo Dowden is about the most Texas name in history. Yeah, for what up, Bo? For, hey, Bo Dowden, Bo yeah. Dowden Jr. I mean, from Hample, Texas. I mean, man. Yeah. So, uh, Tommy Martin uh, is another one. Ben Matsubi, uh, Larry Nixon, Derek Remzit, uh, and uh, Andrew Upshaw, and then John Torin and so, John Hall. Oh yeah, John Hall. I did skip yeah. over John Hall. So there's there's nine anglers there, um, all residing in the same town of Texas. And if you look up Hempel, Texas, it's like twelve hundred people. <laughs> so it makes so no wild. sense. It makes no yeah. sense at all. That yeah, yeah, that's wild. All right, number four yeah. through two thousand twenty four, the classic will have paid out a total of um, twenty eight million five hundred and seventeen thousand and seventy four dollars in prize money. So from also its inception. That yeah, he probably just probably just pulled right yeah, off the top yeah, of his head. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so from <laughs> its inception in '71 till now, twenty-eight million five hundred seventeen thousand and seventy-four dollars in prize money. And then for a reference, that's forty percent. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. <laughs> that total number is forty percent of what Shohei Otani will make next year from the Dodgers, and about half of what De La Hoya made when he fought Floyd, uh, Floyd Mayweather in '07 in a fight that he actually lost. Crazy absolutely wild yeah Yeah. absolutely crazy um (laughs) yeah to to make that kind of money uh in a fight and lose man yeah i'd do that i'd I'd like yeah my weather beat me up for 50 million right (laughs) yeah you you probably wouldn't even um wouldn't even tell that as hard as they say he hits so no he don't he don't hit hard Uh, he's scientific scientific and you can't hit him but like he's so slippery uh but his fights are so boring he ain't mike tyson anyway keep going yeah yeah, so uh, number five, we've got, uh, of course, Rick Klun uh, has the record of 28 consecutive so Bassmaster Classics. So that's 28 years in a row he has qualified for the Bassmaster Classic. And, 28 uh, years of going to the Super yeah. Bowl of bass fishing. 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, typical qualification is, I think, you know, the, the elite series, uh, stretches, you know, it's changed a little bit, but anywhere from, uh, like 85 to 110 anglers and you have to finish in like the top 40, yeah. uh, to qualify for the Bassmaster classic, unless you win a tournament or something like that. So, yeah. uh, to do that 28 times in a row is, uh, absolutely insane. Um, and the, the, the current angler with the longest streak, uh, that will be competing in the 2024 classic is Drew Benton and yeah. he has six. <laughs> think just think i mean just press pause yeah. for a second and think how much fishing has changed in just any any 28 year span yes. 20 so so consider right now 2024 think of 28 years from now how much different it will be that's how long rick clon was able to not just stay relevant but be at the top of his game enough to fish the classic yeah absolutely. that's crazy absolutely that's absolutely insane, insane. Yeah. that's just yeah, bonkers so, yeah uh, if, uh, you know, for reference, if Drew Benton would, uh, would attempt to catch Rick Klun in this, uh, this amazing, uh, feat, he would have to qualify every year up until 2046. Like just, <laughs> just thinking of that that's is nuts. That's yeah, dumb. absolutely wild. So that. that's, yeah, that crazy. True. He was a great fisherman, but holy moly. Oh, yeah. Number six of crazy facts about the classic. Greg Ward, uh, who is actually the grandson of TV fishing legend Virgil Ward, has a record for Bassmaster Classic futility. Probably not what he wants to be known for, but he once went five consecutive days of Bassmaster Classic competition without weighing in a singular fish. Boy, Man, that, you gotta be on. You gotta be on some like I'm never gonna be able to catch a fish again. Like in your yeah. head, yeah, five days the, of the, classic. I what mean, that would do to your psyche? Yeah, oh my that is, gosh, that is rough. He zeroed for the second and third days of the '75 classic, and then zeroed for all three days the next year of the '76 classic. Man, yeah, that's back God, then. That's they, they, be... Back then, they nowadays, um, after the first two days, they cut the field in half, but back then they didn't. If you were in the classic, mm-hmm. you were in it start to finish. So he was actually able to zero for three days straight. So he went from two days one year to three days the next year without a single fish. I mean, I'd be ready to just like put it on the trailer and leave it there. Like, forget right, it. Yeah. I mean, like, you got to be so hyped. Like, last year was a fluke, boy. And you go in zero. All right, <laughs> last year plus yesterday was a fluke, dude. All right. I, last year plus the last two i mean gosh that's rough yeah I don't absolutely care who you are. Yeah, yeah absolutely uh absolutely rough but uh yeah. so i think uh i think the last fact we got from mr ken duke uh is uh the fact that the last classic rookie uh to lead a bassmaster classic uh was keith poche in 2012 um, so that's, yeah, that's, that's been, been what, 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 12, yeah, 12 years now, um, yeah. that, and, and he's the only one to do it. So he's the only rookie to ever lead the Bassmaster classic and he did it 12 years ago. So, uh, wow. yeah, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, you know, shout out to Keith that was on, right. uh, I, I'm pretty sure the 2012 classic, which was on the red river. Uh, mm. I assume that's the you know, kind of Keith Poche backyard. So yep. kind of, uh, kind yeah, of, cause I think it went red river grand yes. Gunnersville. I think if that that's the right order. I like, I believe, like 12, 13, I 14, so, I think, yeah. but yeah, that's a, he's a, he's a stick too. You see this year he's fishing yep. out of like a more normal looking boat. 
Yeah, I think it's a bigger version. It's like a bigger version had. of what he had. Yeah, yeah but it's yeah. not. It's like a. It's like a bigger Gator track. Aluminum yeah. looking actual bass boat this time. So let's yep. switch gears for two seconds, Nate, because this is this is our thing. Like we're rabbit holy. Well, at least I am. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm the rabbit hole master. Um, I, I it doesn't matter, but I'm just. Is this real? So Lola, my amazing wife, who we wish you were here with us. Um, the sad trombone sound hey, effect, dude. Was, I've been on, I've been good. on the sound yeah, effect board good. lately. Yeah. So what I do before the show is I just hit all the sound effects so I can try and remember where they are. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't have given up the juice. I, yeah, I would have sounded more professional before I said right. that, maybe. But um, Lola showed me this video, and it was like, I think it was on Instagram. It was real funny, or maybe it was a YouTube short of like this southern real real southern out he kind of sounded like gerald swindle actually um but this real southern uh comedian outdoorsman guy whatever and he's saying this whole thing about did you know that amish people don't have a hunting season they can hunt whenever they want and they don't need standard like state issued hunting licenses is this real? Is that a comedy bit or is that because I've heard I've heard rumblings of something like that in the past. Is that a real thing? Do you know anything about this, Nate? I have no idea. Yeah, honestly, I, I don't have a single clue. Like, is that, um, that is that's a fact I've never I've never heard before. This is super unprofessional. Uh, I'm going to Google this real quick. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. Um, I, I think I, I, I want to say I've heard that like um, like natives can, you know, can hunt their their land and stuff year round or whenever they need to. But um, I haven't heard of the Amish uh, being able to do the same thing. So, uh, I, mean, so I don't know if this is accurate. But Am- <laughs> this website, which is the most ironic named website ever, ever. Uh, Amishbaskets.com. How can an Amish person have a website? But whatever. Uh, <laughs> and it just says, uh, because of their religious beliefs and their tendency to rely on more traditional hunting methods, which side note, isn't totally accurate. When I worked at Shields in the service shop, um, I cut up a lot of full metal jacket, Easton arrows, which are great arrows, um, to mm-hmm. pair with Amish people's like super high end Matthews, like their new, new stuff. Um, bows so i mean they're shooting you know they're not shooting like old stick and string like they're they're out there firing anyway but because of their tendency to rely on more traditional hunting methods amish people do not need hunting licenses Hmm. yeah that's what the heck yeah that's pretty crazy so the joke in that video was the guy was like i'm you know i've I've been like southern baptist my whole life but i could convert i mean (laughs) seriously (laughs) though what is that a real thing like if you're amish you can just hunt whenever yeah, we need to. Uh, I wonder if we can get this podcast to the Amish. Yeah, uh, maybe so, play it over a loudspeaker or something, yeah, and yeah. then, and then you know they'll they'll you know clue us in on on whether that's true or not. Yeah, that's insane, dude. Like that's bananas. And yeah. if so, like I also so then my brain started going, can they fish whenever they want? Can they? Because um, in Wisconsin we still have um times of year and seasons for when you can keep certain fish um but hunting can they fish or can they hunt after dark you know because i can't tell you how many times i got out of the stand and it was after legal hunting light and a buck crossed 15 yards in front of me right because it was dark enough where i could kind of see it but dark enough where he couldn't kind of see me he stopped and i could have just smoked him Um, but of course i'm not going to because i believe in ethical hunting 
do they have do they have shooting times? Can they just pop whenever they want? Like that's a weird thing. That is, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, man, that's a that's a good question. Do they have to follow the like, yeah, the guidelines like Yeah. You know, 30 minutes before, 30 minutes after sunset, but they yeah. can't uh you know, they can do it whenever they, they want. Licenses, yeah, so then they, right, so yeah. if they don't need licenses, they don't have to call the DNR to register. Um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of weird stuff there. Do you remember when we had uh, the homie Austin Felix on our podcast? And he was talking about when he got – I shouldn't laugh because he got in like an accident. But when he got in that accident in Chicago uh, with his boat where it got like the boat got pushed up into the back of his truck by a bus. And then yeah. being the kind person that Austin is, he like got – he like after the dust kind of settled, he went and got in the bus to check on the people in there to see if they're all okay. And it was all Amish people. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said, I yeah. got on the bus and it was all beards and hats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd crap. be uh, that'd be something to walk into after. Yeah, uh, after, after an event you probably like been like, wait a minute, am I hallucinating? Like I just got in a car accident. I'm not thinking straight, but all right, let's talk classic, Nate. Let's let's hard transition over. Um, this is kind of a sucky uh task that I tasked you with. Um, but do me a favor. I, I want people to know because it is only 50 that make it in, or is it 51 this year? I think it's 51 I, this year. I, I'm I, I sure. think it, Yeah. I think it varies. Um, honestly, I thought I counted like close to 56. Oh, maybe um, I thought it was only 51 back, this but, year, but, but go yeah, ahead. I, if you would yeah. walk us through who's in the classic, cause it's not everybody. Um, and you can get in a, a variety of ways. Like Nate said, you can be angler of the year, top 40. Um, you can win a tournament on the elites. You can win a Bassmaster open. You can win via the bass nation championship. Yep. Like there's a few different, the collegiate stuff. There's a bunch of ways you can get in, which is actually really, really dope. Um, I like yeah. that they have enough on ramps on there, but I want to make sure that as we're talking about the classic and who's fishing it and making our pick, that people know who's actually in the dang derby so yeah yeah so uh yeah so here are the anglers uh that are currently in the 2024 Bassmaster classic uh and it's going to start with uh matt airy uh justin barnes drew benton stetson blaylock scott canterbury brandon card hank cherry uh jason christie joey safuentes brandon cobb drew cook John Cox, Will Davis Jr., Bob Downey, uh, Timothy Dub, uh, Austin Felix, Easton Forthergill, maybe. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if I got that one right, but uh, Koyo Fujito, uh, Cooper Gallant, David Gadsden, uh, Jeff Gustafson, uh, Greg Hackney, Justin Hamner, Cody Huff, Taku Itu. Carl Jacobson, uh, Chris Johnston, Corey Johnston, uh, Powell Kemp, Kenta Kamira, Shane LaHue, Lee Livesey, Matt Messer, Ben Milliken, Brock Mosley, Paul Mueller, Joe, Joey Nania, Brandon Polinick, Luke Palmer, Kyle Patrick, Jacob Poroznik, Jay Shakurig, Adam Rasmussen, uh, Tyler Rivette, Matt Robertson, Cole Sand, Pat Schlapper, uh, Brian Schmidt, Hunter Shryock, uh, Bryant Smith, Patrick Walters, Kyle Welcher, Clark Wendlet, Josh Weisner, Tyler Williams, and Aaron. That that one's that one's tough here. 
Yazerski. Yazerski. Yazer. Yazerski. Yazerski. That's uh, that's my best. Uh, that's my that's best it. at it. So that's that's it. That's that's the anglers qualified for the 2024 Bassmaster Classic. Perfect. Um, I want to say I, I did count through these uh, the other day, and I thought it was. 56 but i could okay. be i could be wrong it might be a few it might be a few less than that but all right um we'll call it 50 to 56 anglers uh if anybody wants to go back and count each name i rattled off uh i'd appreciate it um <laughs> somebody just play it back and listen and count right, right? yeah yeah for sure. uh, so before we get into our picks and we are going to do just a, a brief little teeny recap um because this is actually the third Bassmaster classic that has been on grand lake um there was one in 2013 and one in 2016 and so we're going to recap um just briefly uh kind of the top five or top ten how that shook out back then um but before we do, I want to give you like a little bit of information. One of the uh, about the lake. One of the things that I like doing. If you go to our YouTube channel, which again is just tackle and tacos, um, when we fish tournaments, I like doing this thing where we at the very beginning of the video we give like a breakdown of that lake. So how many acres it is. Um, how deep it is, what kind of fish are present. I don't know, just because I think if you're watching it and you've never been there, it kind of gives you a little bit of insight into the lake, or maybe you could sort of like imagine yourself like, oh, this is how I would fish it, or maybe this is where I would attack it, whatever. So um, Grand Lake, which by the way, I want to start a petition, see if we can get it up to old Joe Biden, um, see Ooh, if he'll okay. sign it into law where you can no longer call it Grand Lake. I want it to be called by its original name, which is Grand Lake of the Cherokees. But the best part about that is that it wasn't called Grand Lake of the Cherokees. It was Grand Lake O the Cherokees. Yes. yes. O apostrophe. Grand Lake of the Cherokees. And from now on, whenever you talk about it, you have to say Grand Lake O the Cherokees. I like it. I like it. I'm yeah. down with that for sure. <laughs> it's real long and like, hey, where are you going fishing? I'm going fishing out on Grand Lake of the Cherokees. Um, and I know you don't really say, oh, you say, uh, but it just sounds so dope to me. So anyway, Grand Lake is uh, 46,000 acres, 46,500 service acres. So it's a big lake. It's not the biggest lake, but it also has a lot of river system stuff to it, the elk and some other stuff. Um, yeah. So there's there's a lot, a lot, a lot of water to fish. Um, but I want to give just a, a brief, I'm going to read um, a brief uh, history of where this lake came from. So uh, the Encyclopedia of Oklahoma History and Culture credits Henry Holderman, a, a citizen of the Cherokee Nation of Oklahoma, as first envisioning Grand River as a source for hydroelectric power for the Cherokee Nation. Even prior to Oklahoma statehood, which was, you know, Oklahoma became a state in 07, 1907, Holderman began building political support for such a project. A feasibility study by the Army Corps of Engineers attracted favorable attention in the Oklahoma legislature, leading to the creation of the Grand River Dam Authority, or GRDA, a state agency in 1935. Construction began in 1938 on the Pensacola Dam on the Grand River as a works progress administration project, the dam was completed in 1940, creating the lake behind it. So all of that to say, so they dammed up a, a portion of the Grand River um, in 1940s when that was done. And that's what created Grand Lake of the Cherokees and also where the name of the Cherokees came from because Henry Holderman was a citizen of the Cherokee Nation. So it's kind of a cool little 
history deal. Like they did it for hydroelectric power. And then the name kind of gives like a little nod of respect to um, the Cherokee people. So there you go. And yes. it's near, um, it's near Tulsa, Oklahoma, if anybody was, was curious. So, um, all right, Nate, let's, let's talk uh, real quick. Uh, do you remember, and I didn't give you any info on this coming in. Do you remember who won the classic in 13 on Grand Lake? I do. Yes, I do. Yeah. I do remember. It? And it was, uh, it was Cliff Pace. It was old Cliff game face. Game. Old game face pace uh, was the uh, was the winner of the thirteen classic, and I distinctly remember that because it was probably, like I said, I started following the classic in like two thousand five, two thousand six ish. Yeah, you know, I'd always go back and check, and but this was one I think that you know they aired, they did you know all the coverage, you know, all that sort of stuff that I really like watched, like from mm-hmm. beginning to end, like I watched absolutely as much of that uh of that tournament as i possibly could and uh yeah there was uh old game face they call him they call him game face because he doesn't smile like cliff pace doesn't smile he's a heck of an angler but he doesn't smile so um the top 10 yeah he makes them really good if like we were talking last week with brendan um we should do another episode don't you think do an episode on balsa absolutely i love balsa baits dude yeah yeah, gosh, we'll have Brendan on. Maybe we'll get um, homeboy from Lure. What is it? Lure, uh, Lure, Lure Forge uh, in New York. Forge, yeah. Dude is an God, absolute artist. Again, look him up. Yeah. Shout out Lure Forge. Not a sponsor, not in anything. No. Just makes some absolutely filthy baits. And I had one of the many I've ordered from him. I had one that didn't swim right no matter how I tried to tune it. I reached out to him. He sent me four free baits. That's crazy. These baits are like 30 bucks a pop. Um, And I'm not saying that because like he might not do that for everybody. I'm nobody special. He doesn't know anything about me. He doesn't know I'm like a podcast guy. Nothing. He just knew that I wasn't stoked on this one bait. He sent me four. So, I mean, dude is very stand up on his business. Um, Beautiful, beautiful balsa cranks. But anyway, um, Cliff Pace. Yeah, he has. Was it Black Market Balsa? Is that what his his company's called? Black Label. Black Label. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, Black Label Balsa makes some beautiful some beautiful uh balsa swim baits so uh 2013 on grand lake backwards from 10 up to number one um actually we'll start at 12 just because i really like him number 12 was shaw grigsby the mustache the laugh the sight fishing dude's the best number 11 um 11th place ot defo number 10 which is kind of crazy randy howell because then the very mm-hmm. next year on um gunnersville i think it's gunnersville right wasn't it? Yeah, I think 14, so. Yeah. He won the classic. Yeah. Uh, number nine, Todd Faircloth. Number eight, some unknown guy named Kevin Van Darn. Uh, seventh <laughs> place, Jason Christie. That's important. His name's going to come up yes. again. I can promise you. Um, number six, Tracy Adams. Number five, Mike McClelland. Number four, Mike Iconelli. Number three, Hank Cherry. And um, am I wrong? Was that his first classic? Hank Hanks. Cherry? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, third place. Yeah, That's he, nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Looking he qualified. Fish. Yeah. He qualified for that classic by winning the open. I want to say it was on like Smith Lake or something like that the, yeah. the, in, in yeah. 2012. So Duke and fish. I mean, absolutely. He, he catch him. Number two, yeah. friend of the show, friend of, of me and you, Brandon Polinick. Um, number one that year, like we said, uh, was game face cliff pace. So fast forward three years, they're back there again. Um, they're back on, uh, on Grand Lake, uh, the Cherokees and, uh, we'll do the same thing. We'll go 12 up to, up to one. All right. Um, in place. So number 12 BP, 
Brandon Polinick again, Brandon um, Polinick, yes. which you may or may not know. Um, he can catch him. He's, yes, he's, he can. he's, he's pretty good. Uh, number 11, an angler that if you don't like him, you're just a butthole in life <laughs> is Bobby Lane. Bobby Lane is number yeah. 11. He's just such a likable cat. Number 10, I get why people like are intimidated by him. I see why he's kind of a scary cat, but at the same time though, I think he's hilarious and I think he's, he's awesome yeah. and he's so good at what he does. And that's Greg Hackney. Um, number nine, old deep water stud, Keith Combs. Number eight, Alton Jones. Number seven, Dean Rojas, which Side note, I never used to really like Dean Rojas. I always thought he was kind of a dick, and I don't even like saying that word really. Right. But I yeah. thought he had this vibe. And the last few podcasts I've listened to him that he's been on, um, right. totally 180. Like, I think he's not. I think he's just not like every other dude, but I don't think he's a butthole okay. at all. I don't think he's arrogant. I don't think he's a jerk. I think he's kind of like funny, and I don't know. So, um, number six, Todd Faircloth. Number five, Randy Howell. So that's pretty impressive. That's a pretty, yeah, that dude, that dude can get can catch him. Yeah. Number four, Bill Lowen. Which, if you don't like Bill Lowen, same thing. You're just a butt. He's just a likable yeah. dude, man. He is. Um, He's that dude that put a smile on your face for sure. Yeah. What, what what's his whole thing? I'll twelve pound you to death or whatever it is. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He ain't afraid. Dollar Bill Lowen ain't afraid to go out there and and just finish enough to to get in the money or whatever. Number three. Arguably my favorite angler of all time. Um, nothing but respect for the Wii Chain game. Rest in peace, Aaron Martins. Uh, number two, second place was Jason Christie. And then in 16, the winner was, of course, Edwin Evers, who found a little pocket, a little flat back to El River, and just just went to work. So that's that's the last two. Correct. Yeah, I he said did. he absolutely cracked him. Yeah, yeah that last yeah. day of that, oh, if that you, classic. If you listen to or watch a video with Randy Blockett, the aforementioned on this podcast with Ken Duke and Bass After Dark, Randy Blockett, he will tell you that uh, Edwin Evers like ruined his favorite spot because apparently uh, that used to be like Randy Blockett's like favorite spot. He grew up fishing on that lake. That's where he caught his first bass. Nobody, maybe not nobody, knew about that spot, but it wasn't a super well-known spot. Edwin Evers wins the classic on it, and just like when you win the classic on a certain bait, if you win the classic on a certain spot, it gets blown up. Um, yes. And so it got it got super blown up. So um, you got anything to say about those 13 or 16 classics, Nate, and then we'll jump into our predictions and uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think the, you know, the 13 classic was one that was uh, I think it was like crazy cold. There was like ice on the lake, like prior to them, like starting yeah. practice. Like, yep. like it was, it was, I think it was the coldest ever, wasn't it? Yeah. I think they it said was the class, like the coldest snow during ever. the event. Yeah. Yep. So like, uh, you know, that that's a notable thing that, you know, I don't I think the weather is supposed to stay pretty consistent the way it's been, you know, pretty mild. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe for the next month, it'll it'll be that way. And uh, I think that's it was a little more mild for the for the 16 classic. Um, I think there was a few, you know, cold spells in there, but nothing nothing like, you know, three years prior when it was yeah. snow and ice and guys, uh, you know, snapping a jerk bait and then like setting their rod down to drink uh hot right. chocolate yeah, the and coffee method, and then yeah yeah go going back to you know to yeah. jerk in their their jerk bait so yeah um yeah so I, I, you know I, i'm excited to see it like i said we're about a month out so it's uh yeah it's it should be should be a fun one to to tune into so yeah i'm really excited for it um 
So I'll go first because um, we'll save the best for last. So Nate will go second. I'll go Ooh, first, okay. and I will say – I'll say Lola's first. She had two. She had who she thinks is going to win uh, and who she wants to win. Uh, no, she had all three. I'm sorry. Uh, who she thinks will win, who she wants to win, and her dark horse pick. All right, so who she thinks will win. She went the easy route. She said Jason Christie. Um, she just said that he's always fished well there. It's his backyard. She thinks he's yeah. going to win. There you go. Who she said she wants to win is uh, Polinick or Pat Schlopper. Because if you don't know this about old Pat Schlopper, um, which is really funny that Dave uh, Mercer, the MC for Bassmaster, he always calls him the Bass Schlapper, but it's actually pronounced Schlopper. Like you don't say his right. name Schlapper, it's Schlopper. So he's not the Bass Schlopper. That doesn't make any sense, but whatever. <clears throat> anyway, uh, so Lola, Jason Christie. Brandon Polinick or Pat Schlopper. And then her dark horse pick, which I loved, uh, was Austin Felix. Because when Austin was on our podcast, he said something to the effect of, I hate that lake. Or like, like he's fished it (laughs) twice and zeroed both times. Uh, And so like Mr. Ward, you know, the the Bassmaster classic futility. But I think I agree with her. I think it'd be so sick if Austin came out there and no nothing to risk nothing to lose or no, nothing to lose i guess is how you'd say that playing with house money mm-hmm. he yep. hasn't fished well there in the past and just goes out there and just smashes them i think that'd be dope too and he's just such a likable fella like he's the sleepy assassin he's the coolest dude so yeah for sure yeah so that's lola's picks i uh i feel like okay so here's my picks who I think is going to win it, and I don't know why I even think this, other than the fact that you could put him on a pond in the middle of Brazil and he'd figure him out. I'm going Brandon Polinick to win the Classic this year. Uh, okay. he's, awesome. he's He finished second there before. <clears throat> he just is actually that smart. He's incredibly analytical. Um, the fact that he's a homie now makes me root for him even more. Um so I'm picking Brandon Polinick to win who I want to win. I would agree with Lola just in like the hometown thing. Pat Schlopper lives right down the road from us. Like literally we live in a teeny little town called Strum. It's like 1200 people. And then just down the road is a teeny little town called Oliva. It's literally four miles down the road. Um, and it's even smaller and that's where Pat lives. And then, right. um, I also, I don't anymore, but I used to work at Shields in Eau Claire. Shout out Shields. Awesome place to work. Cool um, outdoor stuff. They just jumped on as a local sponsor of the Classic because they have one, uh, a Shields in Tulsa. Um, Yeah, really rad spot to work. If anybody has one near them, I I can't over-recommend it enough. It's a good place to work. Um, And I talked with Pat a few times, and he is the coolest dude. Super normal, very friendly, funny. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of rooting for Pat, um, but I also I would like to see Jason Christie win it, which is weird because I think most people are picking Christie to win it. Um, but as close as he got on his home body of water um, when he got second place and he had it like he had that derby in the back. Yeah, yeah, he was leading going into day three. Yeah, yeah, he had it yeah. like it was right yep. there and then ended up in second place. And that's got to just be I think if I was going to fish uh a big tournament on a home body of water for me i would either want to win it or get blown out trying something totally different but to get (laughs) second like what a punch in the stomach you know like get hit in the stomach and like lose your breath (gasps) like that would just be 
Yeah, that would be, I feel like that would be the worst. Um, yeah. So, and then my, um, my dark horse pick for, for number three, uh, the dark horse pick that I'm going with is either Patrick Walters. And it's really not a dark horse pick. Cause that, that little short, short dudes can just freaking fish like that boy mm-hmm. can just catch them or, uh, Kayoya Fujita. Um, only because both those dudes are forward facing sonar geniuses. Um, and I just, this time of year on grand, because it's a little later than normal for fishing grand. Last one was in February. This is in March and not just March, but later March, but not late yeah. enough where I think it's going to mess up fishing. I think it could be a really good time. Um, if you know anything about grand Lake of oh, the Cherokees, um, you can catch them on shore, like, like rip wrap up, sh- up shallow, Greg Hackney flipping, um, uh, talk a hero throwing a square bill. I mean, up shallow. There's a lot of ways you can catch them, or you can move off the shore. And I think on the forward facing game, those two dudes, Patrick and Kyoya, Kai, Kai, however you say his name, um, they're just they're just geniuses with it. They're just geniuses. And so they're really not a dark horse, but kind of. Um, so those are my picks for the 2024 Master Classic. What do you got, Nate? Yeah, that's that's uh, that's pretty solid. Um, I don't think we mentioned it, uh, but the the last two classic winners, uh, thirteen and sixteen, and Cliff Pace and Edwin Evers are yeah. not in this classic. You know, they right. both moved on. You know, they're yep. fishing. Uh, well, I think I think Cliff Pace is actually now fishing the Opens to get back to bass, and then yeah, Edwin Evers yeah. is obviously in uh, fishing the MFL. So our MLF, sorry, Major uh, Fishing but, League, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, so. Yeah. yeah, so neither of those guys are, are yeah, that is interesting. So yeah. yeah. Also, I, hey, press pretty... pause before you jump in with yours. Um, social media, we asked some people like, hey, who do you think is gonna win? Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh one of the homies on there, Derek, was like, Whoever has the most weight, and I'm like, Shut up. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I was little and we'd be driving to Hayward, Wisconsin, uh, from Illinois where we lived, it was like I mean, it was like six hours. Like it was a shot to get up there and we would do this thing in the car, myself, um, my dad, my sister and my stepmom, Joyce, we would do this thing where we say, all right, what time do you think we're going to get there? Like, like pick a time on the, you know, whatever. And I'd be like one fourteen, and my sister would be like one thirty, and my dad would be like one twenty one, And Joyce would always say, when we get there. And I used to get so mad. I'd be like, that's not how you play. You gotta, you gotta say a number, <laughs> you know, like whatever. So homeboy's like, whoever catches the most, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then I think the homie Colin said like, Christy has to be top five has to be. And I totally agree with him. And then yep. this is another thing, another cool thing, uh, relationships, right? Uh, the homie Gussie. Yes. The Gussie. Yes. The classic champion right now, the current Bassmaster classic champion commented simply moping. Which is the yes. Canadian equivalent to the Demiki rig, to hover strolling, to that whole Nancy rig and all whatever else the crap you want to call it. The horizontal presentation with like a, a small bait fish looking thing on a jig head. Um, and I was like, dude, do it. That would be so cool if yeah. if Gussie could actually pull it off back to back on completely completely different style fisheries but again though i say unto the grand lake this time of year you can really catch them about any way you want to catch them yeah it's gonna be uh it's like i said it's gonna be an interesting one and yeah uh <laughs> those comments uh cracked me up that gussie one was pretty cool because that's i mean honestly it's a it's definitely a way that it you could know, be you could catch them and and win like if you you know get into an area where you know this time of year there's a lot of 
uh, you know, suspending fish and they mm-hmm. you get them found in a, in a pocket or, you know, something you could, yeah, he could, he could crack them. It'd be, be really, really just, cool to he's see. He's just so likable. Like Gussie yeah. is just the most likable dude. Like he's just so kind. And like, he took so our podcast with him was like two plus hours. And then he like, didn't want to hang up. And he's, I mean, he's yeah. just showing <laughs> us his workshop, showing us his boat. Like what a cool dude. But all right, Nate, let's hear your, let's hear your picks homeboy. Yeah. So like, like, ever, like we've said, you know, Christy has to be the odds on favorite. Um, you know, I think another one that kind of gets overlooked uh, is going to be like another Oklahoma angler in Luke Palmer. Um, you know, yeah. he's a guy that's, that's super consistent. Um, he's from Oklahoma. So he's, you know, it's had to fish grand quite a few times. So I think he could be, uh, I think he could be a big player, but, uh, the guy, the guy I really want to see good. win it. Um, the guy I really want to see win it is Greg Hackney. Yeah. I think, I think seeing Greg Hackney win the classic would be, uh, yeah, absolutely. Be so cool. Uh, yeah, that'd be, be so dope. You know, the, he's gotta be, story, he's gotta be near a favorite too. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think so. Like, uh, so you you read uh, twelve on up, and in thirteen he finished thirteenth. Oh okay, yep. So so he finished thirteenth and twelve, or in thirteen he finished tenth and sixteen. A guy that's got a ton of history uh, and and can flat out catch him. He's just a stick with the best of them yeah and he's yeah. he's a he's a cool cat yeah. um so yeah that's that's the guy uh that's I really who you're calling see. that's what i'm calling yeah that's why okay. i want to that's why i want to win wait um, so is that, I, is that your pick to win or your want to win or both because i mean it's like it's like it's like who you think yeah. is going to win who you want to win and a dark horse and that you can okay. have hackney for both if you want that's fine but. yeah so i i i think i think the way things are rolling i think christy's going to come out on top with his oh. You know, with his second. So you classic. will agree on that one. Yeah, I, I okay. have to. I have to agree. Um, but I want to see my, the my want to win is Hackney. My think uh is going to be Jason Christie. Okay. And That's good uh, choice. Yeah, and I think I think personally I've got a pretty dope dark horse. Okay. Uh, pick. So this guy, um, I I believe he sort of ish resides in Oklahoma, um, but he is a Matt Japanese but he is a Japanese angler, Japanese angler who fishes everything. Yeah. Absolutely yep. fishes everything. Yeah, you know who, I'm, you, who am I talking about? You're talking about, uh, old, uh, what's his face? Who fishes all the opens and, yes, uh, yes. not, not Kenta. Yes, he fishes. That's it. Kenta Kamira. Oh yeah. Yeah. Kenta yeah Kamira. He so everything. he's Japanese. Yeah, he fishes, he fishes everything. everything. He does. Yeah. yeah. So he, yeah, he, I think he like, you know, for the most part, resides in Oklahoma. Obviously, he is I didn't a know that Japanese. He, did, he lived there. Okay. Yeah, he's he's a Japanese angler. And in 21, which was the last grand tournament for Bass uh, yeah. Open, he finished second. Dang. Uh, okay, I didn't yeah, know that. That's so, good. That's good info. Yeah. Yep. So he finished second in the 21 Open on Grand Lake of oh, the Cherokees. There you go. Um, and a guy that you know he he fishes and fishes and fishes and fishes. He does and everybody too. says you want to get better at fishing, go fishing. Go fish. You know? Time on the water. <laughs> exactly. Time yeah. on the water. So um so that that's my dark horse. I think that would be okay. not only not only would it be dope to see him win, uh, but I think there's I think there's a possibility there. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um there was a this is gonna sound racist as heck, what I'm about to say. <laughs> But it's not. I assure you. What a terrible way to segue something. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I can't remember when it was when um uh who the heck was it? It was a Japanese player playing for the Cubs. I don't I don't think it was Suzuki. Uh 
Anyway, I can't remember, but basically he spoke English pretty well, not great, but like mm-hmm. pretty well. But he did this thing where he would pretend like he couldn't speak English super well. And so like <laughs> in interviews, he would mess with people on purpose because like, what are you going to do? You can't call him out because you just look like you're a racist. And right. so there was one interview I got. Oh, my gosh, it was so freaking funny. And it was totally on purpose. And he admitted that it was on purpose later. But uh, a, a press person, a media person asked him like um, something about setting goals. And he was like, I don't know what you mean. And like, well, do you believe in goals? And he was like, ghosts? No, I don't believe in ghosts. They're scary. And he totally <laughs> knew that they didn't say ghosts. Like, he knew they meant goals, but he was just, like, effing with them. I'm like, dude, that is so funny because you can't – what are you going to say? Oh, you know what I meant. You know, you can't yeah. say that to him. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> that was the – I don't that, know why yeah, it made me think of that. Awesome. But yeah. But, yeah, Kenta is a stick, and you're right. He fishes everything. He fishes opens. Yeah. I think I think if, if we lived in Oklahoma and we're like, hey, man, we're having a tournament, he'd be like, yeah, I'm in. Like I think he yeah, just yeah, he everything. might show up. Yeah. Yeah. He might could. Yeah. That's he's a stick, but that's the 2024 Bassmaster classic info and prediction episode. Uh, we could get way more specific, way more in depth, but I think we'll leave that to people like hella bass um, who does an awesome job covering pretty much every tournament, but specifically like the classic um, bass talk live. I hope they do their annual Mark Jeffries uh, breakdown every single angler and give betting odds on who's going to win. And they're totally yeah, like, totally nonsensical cool made up, but it's super fun to listen to. Um, but I will also say to go backwards a little bit, um, not just because he's like a local legend, um, but Schlopper is also one of those dudes who fishes everything when he comes back home off the elites he fishes tournaments here um he fishes here a lot just for fun um and he's really good like he's good shallow he's good deep he's good on a jerk bait he's good on forward facing sonar um yeah i mean so i think outside of even like the i want him to win because he's a local he's kind of a dark horse pick too like that and i mean obviously all these dudes can catch them they can all catch them Um, but i know how well schlopper can actually catch them so that would be that would be pretty rad um and then i think my most dark horse pick is probably me uh, because i think i'm just gonna (laughs) just gonna head down there and then just put the boat in and fish right now can you imagine that like go find wherever like hackney's fishing pull up like right right next to him start casting Cause there's nothing like, like legally you could, there's nothing stopping you. Yeah. You could, I don't know if I don't want hackney, like getting on my boat or something, but um, right. Yeah. That'd be pretty funny. You just, you just keep track of your best five and compare it to, to the tournament each day. The real best master <laughs> classic 49th right. place winner was me yeah. with 11 <laughs> pounds. Yeah. Um, so that's it. That's all we got. Nate, what's uh let let's go backtrack even further. What is you were you were nailing off, which by the way, good job. Like 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 start a timer. Um, who was I listening to the other day? What what podcast was I? Oh, it was Luke Duncan. Shout out to the homie Luke Duncan. Yeah. Shout uh, out. Such a good, such a good dude, good podcast, interesting to listen to. Um he was doing this thing where he had like a stopwatch when he would do his sponsor plugs. And he would get done. He'd be like, hey, 37 seconds. Not bad. Um, but you like you rattled through our sponsors like pretty quick there. So what is one of your favorite Giltech products? My favorite Giltech product would probably be um, that uh, I think it's that northern swim jig uh-huh. uh, in that like mud lime color. Like oh, that thing yeah. is just 
That thing's just so dope. It's like green pumpkin with chartreuse belly. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the big, big old eyes. Yeah. Yep. It, it's the awesome. big eyes it's are huge. Great. Yeah. Like, yeah. Fluorocarbon uh, hook guard, weed guard. Yeah. yeah. That's a sick yeah. bait. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely definitely one of my favorite. Uh, one that I I tie on and throw a ton. You know how much I love swim jigging. So yeah, dude. Um, yeah, yeah, I was watching so a I, video the other day with John Cox. Um, and he was like, uh, I think it was wired to fish where he was getting stuck in mud and going through these like crazy little canals in Florida and stuff to try and find water that hasn't really been touched. And that was like his first thing to throw was a swim jig. It, yeah. It's just it for, for so monkey, uh, for weedy, for whatever, you don't really get snagged on it. And it's an awesome sort of like, I don't know what the word is here, but like a cover water exploration bait, chuck it around, see where they're at. And then you can kind of fine tune it from there. But like, you really should have a swim jig tied on pretty much all year round. Yeah. And the, yeah, and the gill tech can... one is just that freaking good. I mean, it's it so good. Yeah, depending on the the head size, uh, you know the weight. You can you can slow roll it. You know yep. you can fish it high in the water column. You can you know run it fast. Um, you know you can change your trailer. You can run it straight uh, and just reel it. Exactly. You can do the little yeah. Alabama shake where you're kind of you know kind of jiggling your hand the whole time, so it gives a yeah. little bit of bounce in the skirt. Yeah, that they're they're versatile as crap. Yeah. What is one of your favorite Grizzly or Kenai products? Oh, and you man, can't it's... say the bag because we said the bag before. We say the bag all the time because the bag well, is it super really dope. is dope. Like yeah, it really is. is. I agree. What else you got? But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I use I use that grizzly uh the grip uh you know canister, you know, every single day. Uh, yeah. literally every single day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but even uh you know, even just the 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 Kenai, uh you know, the Kenai tumblers, um, yep. great quality. They stand up. Wait, wait, uh, wait, wait. Yeah. Like like swirl that around by the microphone. Let's hear the ice in it. That was that was like that was like Wednesday's ice. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, probably. <laughs> no, yeah, those things do right. last forever. Yeah, yeah. But uh, like you know that that cup, this cup, I've banged around in the boat. Uh, you know, it's gone through. I think it's not supposed to be dishwashed. Um, uh, in the dishwasher, but oh, I don't goes, know. We it, wash ours. Yeah. The dishwasher all the time. It, exactly. I mean, and it doesn't have a chip on it. Like it, it, it mm. it's just quality stuff. Like I'm, I'm really, really impressed with it. So, um, yeah, Kenai's done a done a good job with uh, these little these little tumblers and yeah you know they're they're not stanley money either so no yeah for sure um so check that out hook and arrow supply co so hook and arrow supply co.com to get the gill tech stuff uh yes. and again if you guess the weight right on that fish um 6.61 pounds let me look real quick lola sent it to me um so maybe you didn't see the social post but if you are either alec king or chad wilson you got the closest and we are sending you three each uh gill tech jigs so that's pretty dope um yeah. you just gotta you just have to message us or email us you could email us contact at tackle contact at tackle you could email us your address and we'll send them to you or however you want to do it because uh, sometimes the messenger gets weird like we'll filter stuff thinking it's junk and i don't know but mm -hmm. yeah maybe, maybe email us if you're hearing this but uh and then Grizzly is just grizzlycoolers.com. And that one we have a discount code for, which is W like Walter, C like Chance, B like Boy, WCB, Working Class Bowhunter. WCB gets you 10% off. So get a cooler, get a mug, uh, get a soft-sided bag, whatever, and save some money on it. So I think yeah, that'll do sure. it for us on this one, Nate. You got anything else you want to throw in there before you hit them with the tagline? 
I don't. You know, this was uh, this was a good episode uh, of all the classic info and the way too yeah. early classic odds. Way too early. <laughs> uh, I guess not odds, but uh, predictions for sure. But that that's it. That's all I got. Uh, I Perfect. appreciate every single listener. Thank you yeah. all very very much. And uh, remember, positivity is worth the effort. Peace. Yeah, we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you. Bye bye.